Take a look at your agricultural operation and recognize what the number one piece of equipment is that you couldn't live without on your farm operation. And this is something that I tell to producers all the time. When I ask people, you know, what is the number one uh, piece of machinery that you use on your farm? And quite often people will say, well, it's the tractor or um, the combine or the air seeder or whatever. And I say, well, could that operate without you? No, your, your crops don't seed themselves. Your cattle don't feed themselves. You, that individual, the farmer, is the number one piece of machinery on their farm. It's to the point of being shocking how some people don't necessarily realize that they are experiencing difficulties, right? Because perhaps that's been their way of operating for such a long time that that has become their normal. They may not even realize that they are experiencing mental health challenges. Welcome back to The 316. I'm Sarah Boivin-Chabot. And I'm Kirk Finken. The voice you heard at the top was Cynthia Beck. She and her family run a cattle and grain operation in southeast Saskatchewan, about an hour south of Regina. She has an important story to share and some valuable insights into mental health for producers. You may have heard our earlier episode with Dr. Brianna Hagen, a mental health care professional from Manitoba. She gave us some great insight into the overall situation of mental health in our sector. This interview with Cynthia Beck brings it home because she is a farmer herself who has experienced a bout of postpartum depression. She shares her own personal story dealing with mental health. Cynthia also brings a deeper view to the issue. Yes, she has her own story, but since overcoming the depression, she has committed herself to helping other folks in the ag community to address their mental health. For the past six years, she's been a crisis line worker specifically for producers and ranchers. She's also working to complete a master's degree in clinical psychology. Just a warning about this interview, there is mention of suicide and sensitive topics. Some listeners may find these topics difficult to hear. Well, we uh, operate a mixed farming operation. So we have uh, cattle and grain. We run two herds of cattle. So we have a commercial herd and a purebred Charlet herd of cattle. Uh, and then we seed approximately 6,000 acres of grain land. We are a multi-generational farm, so that means that we farm with my husband's parents, uh, my husband and myself, and my husband's brother and his wife, and then our children are also involved. So we have a 19-year-old son, uh, he's attending university uh, at the University of Saskatchewan taking animal science and agribusiness, but he also comes home and is a very active member on the farm. We also have a 16-year-old daughter who uh, is an incredibly active member on the farm. And then my brother-in-law's kids are also active on the farm. So we truly are uh, a three, like an actively three generations working on the farm together. There are very few other sectors in Canada where you find three generations and extended family working together like that. Imagine that in itself can have a stabilizing effect on mental health. It could also be quite meaningful. This weekend even uh, is a prime example of that. Uh, we had my mother-in-law and father-in-law and my husband, myself and our two kids. We were out 
moving cow-calf pairs to a community pasture that's 15 miles away. Uh, and at the same time, my brother-in-law and his son are seeding. So it takes everyone. And there's times where we all need to help each other and we need to pitch in. Uh, and I just think that it's, it's kind of an honor, really, to be able to have all three generations working together. Do you find within those generations that there's a different approach to mental health and talking about it? Is it different, say, between your generation and your kids' generation? I, I do see a difference. I do see that younger generations are more openly talking about mental health the same way that they would talk about physical health. Uh, and I think that within our family, within our family unit of four anyway, we have cultivated that environment where we hopefully can speak openly. Um, if I am having a day where I'm not doing very well, I just let my family know, like, I, I'm not doing very well, you guys. I'm putting myself in a timeout. Uh, and that usually involves me um, sitting in my office with a cup of coffee. And, and everybody honors and respects that. Uh, there are no questions asked, right? If, if someone says that they need to take some time, they take it. And everyone else kind of wraps them in support and does what they can to provide them that opportunity. I do see changes even in speaking at agricultural events, I was speaking at a breed association meeting and I was talking about breeding well-being. So I identify how mental health really is similar to selecting a herd sire for your cattle operation. And afterwards, there was a gentleman sitting in the crowd and he sat with his arms crossed and he had kind of this frown on his face. And then I got through the portion of my talk and I opened it up for questions. And uh, this elderly farmer came up to me afterwards and he said, you know, I've thought about this mental health thing as total, you know, BS. Uh, and I never really understood it. And he said, and, and now I get it. I understand why there is actually like a thing called mental health, <laughs> right? And I think that we can communicate or get the message across to any generation, we really just need to find a way to speak their language, a language that they can openly hear. So if you can talk mental health the same way that you would talk farming and use that language straight across the board, because there are parallels, then, then you can reach any generation. What are the unique challenges that farmers have accessing mental health care? Well, number one, the mental health care that's available in rural communities is quite slim. Uh, there are some rural communities who have mental health care providers, um, but even then, I would still say that there is not a lot of accessibility there because even if a service is available, it doesn't mean it's accessible. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, um, it might be that the care provider does not have adequate knowledge about agriculture. And so they're perceived as being not credible or the agriculture producers may have the perception that reaching out for care by a provider that's not familiar with agriculture, that that will be a waste of their valuable time. And let's face it, time in farming um, is of the essence and it's incredibly valuable. Uh, I think that another barrier 
to receiving care or kind of a challenge to receiving care is also the stigma, potential stigma that's involved with accessing face-to-face -face mental health services. Let's face it, in a rural community, we all know the vehicles that other people drive. So if someone's truck is parked in front of a clinic, um, there's kind of an automatic loss of privacy and confidentiality just to due to environmental factors. I think another challenge uh, in accessing mental health care is the financial costs involved. So number one, it's the financial cost of paying for mental health care services if you go the private route, which typically you can get in sooner. Um, there's the cost of traveling. We're an hour basically from the nearest mental health care provider. So that's automatically two hours out of your day that you're, that you're traveling. Um, but then also the, the, the duration of the appointment. And so when I talk about the financial cost, it's the cost of a loss of production or business while you are away receiving mental health care. So say in the livestock industry, if you are in the livestock birthing season and you happen to have been on a wait list to receive mental health care, uh, the wait list was three or six months long. When your appointment arrives, you happen to be in high production season. So for us, that would be calving season. And with that comes, well, if I leave during calving season and I have a cow who's got a problem giving birth, number one, I could lose the cow, I could lose the calf. Um, so you've automatically, like that's a huge financial cost while you're trying to receive mental health care. And most agriculture producers, let's face it, we're going to prioritize getting the work done to hopefully get a paycheck, as opposed to taking a chance to leave the farm to receive mental health care during high production seasons. I think that's a huge barrier to accessing mental health care for agriculture producers. And so you personally, how are you working to address those challenges? Uh, are you asking me, Kirk, as a farmer or as someone who works in the mental health care field? Both. I think both are pertinent. As a farmer, you know, I have to be honest, I, I went through my own challenges with mental health um, because I experienced postpartum depression. And this was, you know, quite like a long time ago. And back then, uh, there were not the resources that we even have now. There weren't, there wasn't social media. Um, and isolation truly, truly was like when we were isolated, we really were isolated. You know, you, you didn't just run to the city for the day or, um, so when it comes to overcoming mental health care challenges for myself, I find that really interesting, that question. Uh, and it makes me reflect on the fact that yeah, I do need to prioritize my own health care, mental health care. And I think that social media provides a really great platform for seeking social support. And social support is really important in the, in the agriculture industry. There's also online uh, courses and programs that are available, especially here in Saskatchewan. We're really fortunate. We have an amazing um, it, like online therapy program through the online therapy unit at the University of Regina. And that delivers internet delivered cognitive behavior therapy with therapist assistance. So it's basically what you would receive in face-to-face -face care, except it's 
through the internet. You choose when you work on it. Uh, it's incredibly accessible and it's free, which is, which is a huge, right? As for addressing mental health challenges as a healthcare provider, um, I started volunteering uh, as a suicide intervention responder back in early 2015. And I did that because agriculture producers have faced incredible hardship uh, and stressors that have really challenged mental health. And that's increasing, I find, as time progresses. First, I did the suicide intervention response, which I've been doing that for six years now. And then I went back to university to do uh, a master's degree in clinical psychology so that I could play an active role in being a solution to providing rural mental health care services. So I, I think that as time goes on, our rural services are increasing and they are improving, whether that's within the community or online accessibility. You mentioned that you had experienced depression some years ago. Can you tell us about that? Uh, well, I experienced postpartum depression and it came to a head during harvest. So um, I was trying to feed a harvest crew, a newborn baby, had an active three-year-old. And I reached out to my family doctor because that literally was the only person that I knew who could possibly help. And the solution um, or the suggestion really by the doctor was like, wow, you need some sleep. Like you need some sleep. I'm going to put you in the hospital. Hopefully you can get like a week's worth of sleep and then you'll be great. And I was like, uh, I think you're mentally ill even by suggesting that because how do I, with a newborn baby and a three-year-old during harvest, how do I get away? Like, I can't just take a vacation. So that was a really interesting experience for me and it really opened my eyes. Um, in seeking therapy and counseling, it was an incredibly frustrating experience because the provider, the mental health care provider, had zero knowledge of agricultural awareness. I think with the agriculture community, when we do, number one, prioritize ourselves, and number two, make the time to reach out for help, if we have a negative experience upon that first encounter, we don't reach out a second time. And, and we are a resourceful bunch. We are independent and self-reliant. And so quite often I hear, and also based on my personal experience is, if we don't have a positive encounter that very first time, well then we need to fix it ourselves and we will turn inwards to try and find a solution. And sometimes we, we don't have the knowledge or the education or the awareness to find that solution. How is a rural mental health provider not aware of farmers' conditions? Well, contrary to popular belief, agricultural awareness or knowledge, uh, it's, not, it's not common sense. It's culturally learned, right? So most of the providers that we have coming to rural locations are GPs. They're they're medical doctors who grew up in an urban setting and they're coming to a rural environment. Um, and just because you live rural does not mean that you live agricultural rural. There's a difference. There's a really big difference between living in a rural town and, and living on a farm, living in agriculture. Very big difference in that lifestyle. 
So I, I, honestly, I think that if we have medical providers or mental health care providers who intend to work rural, there, there needs to be additional education there. So much about mental health comes with a stigma. We think about, you know, being labeled as having mental health issues that it's going to follow us for life. Yet we rarely talk about someone recovering from mental health and shedding that stigma. Can you share with us maybe an anecdote of somebody who successfully overcame a mental health issue? Well, I, I first think that it's really important, Kirk, to address the point that you just made in that I believe that there is so much self-stigma associated with mental health challenges. And I find that the self-stigma actually harms or hinders us more than the inaccessibility of mental health care services, right? I don't know anybody who goes around and says, oh, that person had depression. Like, don't deal with them because they're too messed up or whatever. I, I, I don't really know if that is occurring. Um, and if it is, I don't, I haven't really met anybody who's had to face those challenges. So I don't believe that we hang a sign on people uh, and say they're mentally ill. I, I think that we've moved beyond that mentality. At, at least I really hope that we have, especially here in agriculture when the, the stressors that we face, the adversity that we face, um, really take a toll on the mental health of agriculture producers. Uh, we experience them at a greater rate than the general population, um, which kind of goes to show the amount of stress and adversity that we face. Um, but you know what? Mental health challenges, uh, mental health is kind of on a continuum. I mean, everyone has really bad days. Everybody might have really bad weeks. But then on the other side of that pendulum, we can swing and we can have really great periods. So I, I hope that people have the recognition that, that mental health is not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> uh, that is really unrealistic. And we're setting ourselves up for failure in thinking, oh, I need to be happy all the time. That's, that's BS, excuse my language, but it really is, it's, it's unrealistic. We're setting ourselves up for failures. So mental health challenges can be overcome. I'm a living testament to that. And I can't speak to other people's experiences, um, but I can speak to my own. I did work on myself. I made myself a priority and I made my mental health a priority. So if I needed to have a break um, or I needed to get a full night's sleep, I communicated with my spouse about that. We, we had open conversations. And I think that by communicating our challenges, we actually can kind of remove ourselves from the challenge in order to find solutions and to find better ways to cope. So for anyone who is experiencing really big mental health challenges right now, I just want you to know that tomorrow is a brand new day. The sun always rises. Uh, and even though that sounds incredibly cliche, uh, it's very true. And as farmers, we know that. I mean, we're out there at the crack of dawn. You see it every day. Um, so I really hope that people give themselves the opportunity to experience a new self, a new existence, and to kind of lift themselves out of whatever they're dealing with as far as mental health challenges. 
make yourself a priority. From your point of view, what are the first steps to making yourself a priority? So number one step to making ourselves a priority is recognize that we, that we would benefit from that, that we would benefit from having some time to ourselves. Number two, take a look at your agricultural operation and recognize what the number one piece of equipment is that you couldn't live without on your farm operation. And this is something that I tell to producers all the time. When I ask people, you know, what is the number one uh, piece of machinery that you use on your farm? And quite often people will say, well, it's the tractor or um, the combine or the air seeder or whatever. And I say, well, could that operate without you? No, your, your crops don't seed themselves. Your cattle don't feed themselves. You, that individual, the farmer, is the number one piece of machinery on their farm. So if you would spend time fueling up your tractor in the morning or checking the air pressure in your tires or changing the oil, we'll do the same thing for yourself first before you head out for the day. Eat a breakfast, drink some water, take a coffee and pack snacks to go with you. Those are all things that we completely take for granted, but it's impossible to handle the stresses of our everyday life if we are not properly fueled. Is there any other advice you would give your fellow producers? One thing that I would like to encourage agriculture producers to do is if you reach out for help the first time and it's not beneficial, please try again. Please try again. That first healthcare provider that you reached out to, they may not be equipped to help you. They may not. However, there are other people who are equipped and I think that mental health and agriculture is adequately being recognized now. And I'm hoping that going forward, we can develop one agency where we can help agriculture producers across the country. And what if someone's a witness to someone else's struggles? How do they help? That's a great question. I think that for a lot of people, when they see someone struggling, there is a lot of hesitation to approaching that person, right? Because we don't want to anger people, we don't want to upset people, and we don't want to lose whatever relationship we have with that person. However, I always identify to people that I would much rather have someone incredibly angry with me than not here at all because they suicided. So I encourage people that if you see someone changing, like if their behavior has changed, if their physical appearance has changed, uh, if they weren't a drinker before and suddenly, you know, they've got some beer in their tractor while they're out in the field and that's not their usual behavior, then it's okay to check in and say, hey, how are you? And ask that question twice. How are you really? <laughs> and then be prepared to listen and just like close your mouth. You don't need to offer solutions. All you need to do is listen. And, and I think that a lot of people will find incredible support even from having the opportunity to just say, yeah, maybe I'm not okay right now. And someone listening, that they don't need someone else's solutions for them. And we all have to pay attention to our mental health. We're just at the tail end of a pandemic. 
and it has taken a toll on everyone. If you or someone you know is in need of support, there are excellent services that are specific to the needs of people working in the agricultural sector. One of the best places to start is by going to the website for the organization called Do More Agriculture. It's a non-profit organization that champions mental well-being of all Canadian producers. They have a comprehensive list of mental health services and resources in all provinces. And the resources page is in both English and French. Their website is simply domore.ag or d-o-m-o-r-e dot a-g. And if you haven't already listened to them, we have done a couple of other episodes on mental health and farming. So until the next episode, you know what to do. Try something new, a new idea, a new technique, a new Canadian food product.